Hey guys, welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Sullivan. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is the audio version of the podcast. We do a live uh, video version on Thursday nights at 8 p.m., every Thursday at 8 p.m. If you head over to 21 Gun, you have to spell that out, 21gun.net. Don't forget the net. Uh, all the links to watching the live video are up there. Um, I'm doing a little intro here, which I haven't done in a long time because what I'm planning on doing, you know, during the, the video portions, not a lot of the, it doesn't translate well, I guess is what I'm saying, to, to audio only. So what we're going to do is uh, cut out the, that portion and just do the interviews over here, which I think will work a lot better. Um, I get it. I I. 99% of probably even more I would say 100% of the shows that I listen to and watch I listen to uh, audio only as I'm doing other stuff so just makes sense and we actually get a lot more downloads here than we do over at the at the live feed but if you ever want to check out the live feed the videos are always up um, again head over to the the podcast uh, website or just wherever you're listening to this this is available everywhere podcasts are available Tonight's guest is Ron Ripley. Ron is a San Diego-based comedian that served five years in the United States Air Force and deployed to Iraq twice as a civil engineer. While you may recognize him from Anchorman 2, Ron is the host of Honorable Discharge Podcast and was a writer and on-screen talent for Vet TV, best known for his comedy special, Mandatory Fun. When not writing or acting, Ron can be seen on stage at his home comedy club. I'm going to say this wrong. La Jola? Is that La Jola? <laughs> I know I'm butchering that, but uh, yeah, La La Jola uh, Comedy Store. So check him out. You can also check him out on alarmredmedia.com. Uh, that's all. Hope you enjoy the show, and maybe we'll see you on Thursday night uh, of this week, 8 p.m. Eastern. If not, I will see you next or hear you. Ne- what do you What do you say for that? I will. We will talk next week uh, on the audio only podcast. Thanks for checking out the show. Bring on Rob Ripley. Let's just bring in, bring on Rob. <laughs> so, can we pull down? Can we pull down that camera? It's driving me crazy. There we go. All right. Uh, so, how was Dancing with the Stars? Ah, oh, man, that's the best show I've ever lost. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I mean. Your your dancing partner that gave you uh, Rosie O'Donnell not fair, not fair at all. Wasn't not fair. fair. Good footwork for uh, <laughs> for a, for a heavy fella, but I'll tell you, <laughs> I do not appreciate the ethnic slurs. If I'm <laughs> yes, for the for the blue eyed white uh, white skinned guy, is that what you're yeah. talking about? <laughs> she oh, was okay. just heavy. Yeah. With both the literally slurs both, both literally with the stars and figuratively. Um, do you know what's funny? You were on the other day, and it's your remember when you should I, I need to center this? This is maybe I'll move over. Center. Okay. This is me being a perfectionist. It's okay. Everyone has fuck up. Like, look how pink I am right now. <clears throat> but if I, I do too. this, look, oh, wait, I'm like normal color. Jeremy has to Jeremy has to bring you up. Okay, check this okay, out. Okay, do that again. Hold on. I was leaning out, right. of the, out of a shot. Super pink. Yeah, yeah, you're pink. But then I've got to put my hand up. Oh, and I'm like normal, but without the hand, I'm super pink. Yeah. 
So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rope dart out this whole. <laughs> just put your hand right there. It's because you're super hot. Nice. So, so folks, uh, Ron was on the show. Gosh, when was it? A couple times, I want to say. You were on the yeah the the quiz show that we did, yep. and you were I on the New Year's. The butchered that. Years. Butchered that. Yep. And you are a big supporter and fan of the Irreverent Warriors. Giant. Uh, also a alum of, uh, vet TV, your own, also your own podcast, your own, uh, production channel at alarm, right? You got a lot of shit going on. And here's the other thing we were chatting the other day. Uh, you're old like me. I didn't realize that. I'm an old soul. This is what he's doing. He's hiding this idea, but remember, and I don't know if you picked up on, on what I was throwing down, but we did the, uh, uh, we had you on and I had Jack Black's picture next to yours. And Whoops, it was, do you, <laughs> and there the, it is. the joke was, the joke was that, uh, you have like vampire black hair and I couldn't figure out now I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. You've got like full up white hair. You are an elderly person who dyes their hair jet black. I don't know. Just my opinion. Can I, real, to, can I tell yes. you exactly what's going on? Yes, absolutely. I'm actually Daniel day Lewis. <laughs> very method right now <laughs> just playing a veteran with a huge penis uh trying to make it in the comedy game uh but honestly it's the best role i've ever had i mean you have a milkshake and oh, i have a milkshake i drink I your milkshake i drink it i drink your milkshake and then he that is the guy that's the movie i always watch when i've had entirely too much whiskey Yes, uh, I'm just, oh, I hate the fucking world. It's, cool. it's, it's a great movie. Daniel Day Lewis. He is a national treasure. He is so good. He um when he played Bill the Butcher Bill <laughs> the Butcher. Treasure. <laughs> Isn't he British? Whatever. He's he's European. I don't know. He's he so method, no one knows. No one knows. We don't even know if he had it's like um who's the other guy? Gary Oldman. Gary, Gary Oldman's oh, yeah. he's so method that he actually lost his accent. Did you know that he had to go to a coach to learn how to speak with a British accent again? Wow. But which one did he pick? Was it like Cockney? <laughs> Was it Cockney? Oh, I'm Gary Oldman now. It's this what I like a lot, Mr. Potter. You go up to Hogwarts. <laughs> That's true. There are a lot of different um, uh, accents in Great Britain. People don't realize that. Scotland too. Do you have a Do you have a European accent? Uh, myself, not a, oh, like, what, the one ever, that I can use. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I usually got to prepare it first, and then can when you I think James about Bond? it, can you be like smooth at the gambling table and order a, order a drink? Uh, I got to think about it. <laughs> Do you want watch? It's very perfect. You'll think. Ready? You're gonna think you're talking to a uh, Australian. Ready? Good day, matey. You you are ye. My name is Kevin. Corky. Your name is Steven, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> isn't this, I mean, it, yeah, I was going to say, this could be, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I had a Kronken, Kronken Schmeller in the uh, comments. He said that uh, watching the same movie can be boring, Ron. It can't. When you're blackout drunk watching Daniel Day-Lewis work his magic, every, every day is a pageant. Uh, so uh, say raise up lights. For an Australian version of razor blades, they <laughs> say raise up lights for an Australian razor blades. Razor blades. Here, want to hear something cool? Raise up lights. Say, say raise up. That's funny. <laughs> razor lights. Hey, what are you shaving your face with? Oh, you got some razor blades. <laughs> raise up say, light. That's say, funny. 
say beer can in a British accent and try not to say bacon at the same time in a Jamaican accent. Go. Beer can. No, you just said bacon. Say beer can in a British accent. Um, I'd like to say that this is quite a lovely beer can. No, you keep saying <laughs> beer can, not bacon. 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 Jamaican. No, no. Here's yeah, come on, man. Yeah, Jamaican? I don't know. That's what got Adrian Brody thrown off Saturday Night Live. So, uh... <laughs> no, I say you can. I absolutely say you can. It's an accent. It's not. Bacon? Beer can? Beer? Like, beer can. I don't know. Accents and voiceovers are fun to me. Uh, oh, yeah. I love, I love playing with inflections and. Luke Skywalker is like, uh, he's been in a what, three movies and 4,000 cartoons. Mm -hmm. He's the voice the of the Joker. Yeah, it's the best gig I hear in Hollywood, which is kind of where you're out. Actually, why don't we get into an interview? Maybe we'll ask you what's going on, because I'm pretty sure everyone loves to hear just a bunch of dudes bantering about Biacan. You can't. Uh, I love what we're doing. I'm having like, a blast, and I hope they are too. <laughs> I think they are. They might. Uh, I'd like to start, I always like to start um, at the beginning. I like to, to hear the path that my interviewees take from being a Mickey Mouse wearing toddler, Mickey Mouse hat wearing toddler, Mickey Mouse ears wearing toddler, uh, till you became an Iraq veteran. So where did you grow up? Uh, the details of my life are quite <laughs> No, you must, um, you must sound like Tom Hardy. <laughs> He's got, I got a man crush on him, I'm not going to lie. Tom oh. Hardy is the coolest dude. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Um, <laughs> I do have a man crush. Oh, he met Ron Ripley. Smells <laughs> recreationally in here. Um, no, so I grew up in Vermont. Uh, I was born in Alaska my, on Kodiak. My father was in the Coast Guard. He was a medic, and we were stationed there. And we moved when I was two, so I've never been to Alaska uh, as an adult. I'm really, I'd love to go back. Maybe they'll have a hike there someday. Um, yeah, man, that's, I, I hear a lot about it. Uh, but I think that's kind of why we ended up in Vermont. Um, and my mom was a teacher, and my dad worked at IBM after he got out of the Coast Guard. Um, and I've, I, I enlisted out of Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, Burlington, yeah. Vermont. It was 1999. 19, Remember, I, no, 2000. I grew up in, in New Hampshire, so we used to drive That's up through right. there just to get booze. Uh, we used to get a drink at 18, so we would drive up there and, uh, yeah. And then you'd have the stupid Canadians. Yes, I can call them stupid. Uh, Frogs. <laughs> Quebecois. Uh, they would act like they didn't know English. And I'm like, dude, we get the same radio stations. I know you know English. And they would be like, the premier Jean Chrétien is, uh, I don't know, is South It's all the attitude none of the scenery because it's just flat right you get over the the border there and you're like where what is this waste world sorry canada i'm starting a war with you right now well the funny thing is it's a real juxtaposition for me and uh that's a real that's that's a couple words in a row if you didn't figure that out uh where i grew up in vermont is where you could walk to new york or canada uh in like 20 minutes wow uh, we're that close to each border now in san diego i'm like that close to uh, Tijuana and yeah, stuff talk like about that. The complete opposite, right? Northeast, Southwest. Exactly, which is why I feel the like I get the bougie entitledness that the Quebec has over Vermont and New Hampshire. Not so much Maine. Maine does their own thing. Yeah, they're like a separate country. But uh, I, I understand that you know, like oh, looking down south of the border, you know they. Uh, <laughs> They're French Canadian, not so much French, and uh, lots of long names that end in O U X, and you know, I don't know, man. Fucking, 
Reggie Ledoux. Fun people. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, I'm, I enlisted in the Air Force out of, uh, out of, out of Burlington. Cool. And Is there a base up there or just a maps you have to, you know. Do there's a little, there's a, like a hut next to the mall where the recruiter <laughs> hangs out and just kind of skeezes on after hockey practice, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I was late with time my skates one day and damn me if I didn't get caught. <laughs> so uh, you're, no. you're, you're like a, a, a true, I mean, except for that, those two years in, in um, Alaska, you're like a true blooded New Englander. I didn't realize. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're very strong people. I will fight people over maple syrup. I bring my own syrup to fucking. And that's with your parents at breakfast, I assume. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I <laughs> my wife gives me shit for it all the time uh, about uh, my love of Vermont maple syrup. I, I I have a tattoo of the kid that's on the state quarter on my ass. That's not true, but it could oh, be. Wish it um, but yeah, man. Uh, I my brother was in the infantry in the army. He was in Fort Campbell, and he's three years older than me. And I remember asking him, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to join the army. You know, and he's like, yeah, join the air force. You know, it's it's easier. You'll like that's it. What, you know? That's what a lot of like the one of the more common things I get from interviewees is usually it's usually a Marine father or Marine grandfather who says join the Air Force. Join the Air Force. It's, I mean, you could go back and all shit, so dude. many people say that. Big brother shit. It was like it was like the only time that that motherfucker was looking out for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Matt. Uh, but no, it was it was good advice. <clears throat> and, and so I took it and I his, it really was. He's like, yo, dude, if you learn how to kill people, you're going to be like uh, law enforcement or security or something, you know, get get really get something out of this, uh, like like a career wise. And that put my mind to it. And so it was like a coin toss. I actually wanted to be combat camera. Yeah, uh, like 100 percent wanted to be combat camera. And I was like, cool, because like, like you're Air Force and you follow around like dudes who fight. <laughs> so. Yeah. I thought the it was Marine, like the Marine rapper, Ray Lott. He was a uh, combat camera. Mm-hmm. Um, totally yeah. like in Vermont though. Like this guy is like, yo dude, like my recruiters, you have like the highest as I've ever seen. You have any job you want in the air force dude. What do you want to do? I was like, combat camera. Like, you can have any other job you want in the air force. <laughs> How, what do you think? And so I'm like, all right, well, uh, it was a coin toss between, construction or auto mechanics like i've you know work on cars or learn how to build stuff and i ended up in civil engineering which took me to gulfport mississippi a couple years before katrina hit so i was you know that was just like a place on the map to me um so after lackland it was gulfport for several months but i got to hang with cbs that's how i know they're all fucking drunken awesome (laughs) elder people with yeah i love i love cbs that and 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 then i got to go to uh germany germany was my first duty assignment Ramstein? And then uh, Spang Dalem with the yeah. A10s. Mm, wow. on, so on you're, the, you're really dating yourself right there because I believe that sh- they shut that down, right? They just shut yes. it down like yeah. this year, maybe like within the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of old memories there. And then um, then I don't know how uh, because I, I, I everyone jokes about it, but I sure I would remember if I sucked a dick for it, but my follow-on was Hawaii. <laughs> oh, pick um, and yeah, in the crux of that, another which is another sweaty word like juxtaposition. Uh-huh. Uh, but the crux of that was that I was two years I was stationed in Hawaii. Sixteen months of that I'm in Iraq yeah. uh, through two different deployments. It literally was like, "Hey man, you, what do you think about the beach? You like the beach?" And I'm like, "Yeah man, the beach looks great. I can't wait to go out on the beach." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. You'll see it when you get back. Uh, you know, <laughs> fuck on the plane. Go, go. God damn it!" So Iraq in two thousand and three. Uh, in uh, Kirkuk and then Nazaria, Iraq in 2004. 
familiar with both of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Kirkuk smelled like oil. Not that the whole All freaking country didn't, but the it's, time. you could smell it in the aircraft as we would come into land. It was like you would just smell that that oil smell up there. I can still smell it now someday because I've always I stayed in construction long after I got out and uh, right up until I moved to California. And uh, every time a generator sparks up. Yeah. Or or an old fucking warehouse truck goes beepity bopping around the corner and you uh, you smell it and you're just like ah there I am yeah. you're right back there and uh, yeah that, and it's it's that was unexpected it's a you know I it, I guess it's one of the big themes of the show is you know what what do you do with those memories uh, you can embrace them which I do you can push them away uh, I I think there's there's a few different types of veterans right you've got the ones who are um, screw that sucked. I hate it. Uh, you know, or you got the ones who are like, screw you. You, I, I don't, you didn't do what I did. I'm going to, what are you, 11, what are you guys again? 11 Bravo. To, oh no, you weren't one. What's, what's the infantry guys? 11, 11 Bravo. Bravo. Okay. 11 yeah. Bravo. I'm picking on the infantry guys. <laughs> screw you, man. What did you do? And then there's the other ones who are like, uh, they just accept it. They're just like, yeah, I mean, it's something I did. It was a part of my life. Uh, it's something that I carry with me and I don't know what, where would you fall, I guess, in that, in that spectrum? It's uh, <clears throat> it's a good question. I think it's kind of something like one of those, I love and hate it equally. Okay. Um, I had, I had a blast, learned a lot, learned a lot about myself. I always, I always tell people like, I've heard a lot of people to know what I know about life. And that really translates into like, I don't like hurting people. Uh, I don't think I really ever did. Maybe there was a part of me that was like, <laughs> <laughs> but that was probably was a very fleeting moment, a uh, very immature moment. But yeah, I think the Air Force kind of grew me up in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I definitely don't hate it. Um, I think a lot of I think it's like an ex-lover. Right? Like this fucking this. Woo, we had some wild times, right? Some <laughs> we did some experimenting, you know, things got a little wild. That fucking bitch set me on fire three times. I would never go back. That's <laughs> wild times, all right. Never go yeah. back. He's dangerous. When when you, uh, you know, dude, you're so right. Like the the funny thing is too, like to this day, I had, I had um, two things. Here. To this day, I wish I was, I was back. Right? You think about it, you're like, man, I wish I was back there. I wish I was back uh, with my my air crew, and we were still doing missions. Uh, and then when you really think about it, think about all the shit that sucked while you're there and you're like, Oh, oh. you know what? I actually, I'm kind of glad that's, that's over. So, and, and that's, I think that's healthy because it makes you think of the good stuff. Um, oh, yeah. the other, uh, I just lost my train of thought with the other thing, but there was the, uh, the embracing the sucky things. And then, uh, Oh yeah. And the other thing too, is guys our age, I'm going to keep throwing that at you, brother. Uh, you're just happy. I, you're just happy to be, not be I alone. Know. I know, dude, it's like, Hey, someone else is dying like me. This is great. Cause I'm, I go, we go on these hikes and there's all these like 25 year old dudes with their shirts off and they're like, I'm a hundred percent testosterone. And then I'm like, I have a limp. Yeah. But I then you get talking damage. with them and they're like, well, I got bad knees and a bad yeah, back. That's, and that's why I'm 26 and can barely fuck. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of 11 Bravo. Uh, Come on boys <laughs> and babies. That's right. That's right. Um, but I yeah, miss, I miss a lot of the stuff about them. That, like, I love that feeling of hanging with, with the gang and that feeling of being indestructible when you're with a group of cohorts, you know, and then 
I think that what I've really taken from it mostly is, especially in entertainment, is there like there's a level of accountability that I just don't fuck with. You know, like as I pursue entertainment as a veteran, I know that it's entirely possible for me to be standing before the fucking man at any goddamn moment because somebody misinterprets something. Sure. So I'm very much like the old Keanu Reeves, like, hey, let's take pictures. <laughs> All right. You ain't. Boom. There's a lot of ways to die. Ron Ripley ain't going out that way. Um, and it's in, but there's personal accountability. There's, you know, like I don't want to be involved in projects that aren't healthy uh, representations of, of, you know, accurate life, I guess, you know, yeah. that fall in line, I guess, with my ideals, which are actually pretty loose. I kind of describe my, I'm a good person with pretty loose morals and I just, yeah. you know, we'll figure out where that lands in the future, you know, but wow. I, my main thing is I don't try to fucking hurt people and, I'm more, I, I like making people laugh these days. And as a veteran, I mean, it, that it comes from being a vet because it all came from like smoking and joking in those smoke pits and just trying to forget a shitty job and make somebody laugh for five minutes while you're whacking out a cigarette. And then, uh, you know, maybe you'll, you'll create a voice or something and you'll do voices and goof off and do in jokes because civil engineering is all outside. I never had to work in a cubicle. I never had to Which deal with nice. Yeah. Ugh. You could be pretty, be pretty foul out there. They, uh, when I was medically retired, my, my commander was like, we want to keep you in. You're a good officer. And I was like, what am I going to be doing? He was like, well, we can, um, you know, put you up at wing. You can be a wing executive officer. I'm like, no, nope, no. What is that? The XO, the executive officer, you basically, you're the commander's, uh, you're the commander's, uh, smartphone. Right. Yeah. Basically think about everything you do with your smartphone. Pass. That's what your, your XO is. And it's hard pass. Oh, it's bad. You eat a lot of shit and you have to do a lot of fake smiling and stuff. What was your biggest misconception about, and we'll say like your, your, your thoughts about, Hey, this is what the air force is going to be. And this is what it was. You know, it's, it's, that's an interesting question too. It's hard because I've heard so many, here's what I learned about the military. Let's preface this with, this. I never heard it got better. From the day I get to my first base and I talk to the old guys, they're like, man, you should have seen you get away with. Oh, no, you can't do anything. Yeah. By the day I left that installation, I was telling you guys like, man, you could have seen what we fucking got away with. And then it'd be like, oh, shit, dude, fucking deja vu. Every single base was like that. The entirety of the military was like that. The dudes that I know that stayed in after I was like, peace. They had great careers, but I talk to them now and they're like, man, you can't believe some of the shit we can't get away with today. So it all, it changed, it developed, it evolved like the way the military should. Um, but they, they made it the 20 years. I didn't. And that's what I learned about it is that it just never got any better. So now I think about the younger guys that are coming in today that, you know, some of them went to Iraq 10 years after I was there. And their Iraq is entirely different than my Iraq. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and that's something you're like, holy shit. Same war, different generations, crazy? two different perspectives. That, like, if I meet them in a bar 30 years down the road, oh, we were in Iraq 10 years apart? Fuck. Two different stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, two different missions. It's, it's a crazy thing. Dude, 20-year uh, wars just should not happen. Or right at this point, 21 or whatever we're at. It's just amazing. Like, I was, I was Roman teaching. Roman the way is up there just shaking his head like, <laughs> about 20 years. Yeah. What Sorry. was the 100-year war? I forget who did that one. But 
Uh, here's a here's a, a common question I like to ask. Uh, day one, you're a civilian. Your alarm goes off. What next? Well, that's funny. Okay, well, I'm a comedian. I don't like to get fucked with before noon. That's just straight up. Um, I will actually. Oh my goodness! I think I want to backtrack on your last question because we were. Uh, what was different about the Air Force than than I expected? Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like the preface thing that things had always gotten more difficult. And I think the thing that I expected was that it was going to be easy. And that's what my brother told me. You know, yeah, it's going to be easier. And when I got to Iraq, dude, I got smoked. Like there was no cush lifestyle. Yeah, the, yes, there was air conditioning while we slept. That's fucking cush. I'm not debating that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I still like. I. I mean, I don't think anybody that's ever deployed can't relate to the idea of like, dude, I was dead where I stood, fucking tired. Like you, like literally, like, hey man, thanks, thanks for parking at Chow. <clears throat> yeah. Just like you collapse, collapse during exhaustion. That was one thing that I think that I, I mean, I knew the military was going to be tough, but to be able to train your body to live with that threshold of point of being about to collapse from exhaustion, but still process and function. That was, that was what I didn't get. Um, Coffee and, so, and tobacco, man. Coffee and tobacco. And that oh yeah. Sense. And all of it, uh -huh. everything. Um, and then, uh, yeah. First thing that goes off in the morning, <clears throat> the alarm goes off in the morning. Uh, as a civilian, oh man, it's so nice because I get to sleep in. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, entertainers work at night. Um, so, so how, how let's get into that, right? So you you got out, right? Um, and you're in comedy. Like, how was there a bridge there? Were you doing comedy while you were active duty? Never. How did how did okay? So t tell us how you got into the comedy world, and I mean, because that's not I did comedy up in Boston, and it was like you said that, yeah, man. I it find was that somewhere. brutal. It was a uh, a cult, not a cult. Um, we'll call it a club that you had to <laughs> eat shit to get into, and you worked and you worked and you worked, and maybe, maybe that little inside crew would then allow you to sit at their table. It was just, I mean, uh, it was just like that, and then maybe one would uh, invite you to open for them or whatever. Uh, but it it was like a couple year process to get to that. Where, so your active duty, you get out. I guess, do you, do you just move to California? So I'm going to start telling jokes or what, what happens? No, man, I got divorced first. <laughs> uh, no, um, I did. Uh, I, I, when I got out, it was like 05. So I was in from 2000 to 05. And then I got out and, um, and I moved back home-ish to New England, to upstate New York. And that lasted for like two years. And... Uh, you know, eventually you're like putting the roof on a barn and it's like 20 below zero and you're like, there's gotta be a better way to make money. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and, and eventually just, uh, my relationship uh, had ended with, with my other person. And I was like, fuck it, dude, I'm going to manifest destiny. I'm going to move to California. And I just packed up my tools and my truck and my dog and I moved out West. And a friend of mine uh, that I met in tech school, a CB in San Diego was like, yo, I'll put you up because my, my roommate's out on, on ship. And so that means like no one's going to care if you're squatting in the living rooms while you get your legs. And moving to San Diego was actually a really easy transition. And that was 2009. And then I was banging nails out here for a few years still. Uh, do, you still do you still talk to him? <laughs> oh, the it's a little joke I threw in there. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Sorry. Come on, man. Uh, no, the, uh, I, stopped, I stopped doing construction, and I went uh, back to school, used my GI Bill. While I was doing that, I picked up bartending because I, I just like being out at night and drinking a lot more. 
And then once I started doing that, I was making good money with the GI bills and, and just hanging out and networking in San Diego as a bartender. And then I started doing open mics and I eventually, you know, like I, I, I kept on bitching to everybody. I'm like, man, I bet you I could do it. I bet you I could do it. And everyone, I, I just have figured that everyone would be like, all right, well then fucking do it. And so before yeah. they said that, I kind of cut them off and I, I made myself do an open mic, but I would not give the same name. Every time I did an open mic, I would give like a different fake name because no one cares, you know, yeah. if 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 Cliff Templeton fails or right, right. <laughs> Forrest Winters or just like any of these stupid names that I would make up. And you fail a lot. A lot. <laughs> and, and error. But that was it. The the thing that it really, you know, I, I'm a veteran, dude. I went to Iraq twice. What the fuck could a room of comedy people do to me? Right. That would ever be worse than some, you know, drill sergeant or some fucking terrible day out in Kirkuk or or whatever. Like, I, what are they going to throw fucking tomatoes at me? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I can get through that and I can learn to do anything. And since childhood, people, you know, people dragging me down to the principal's office by, oh, you think you're a fucking comedian? Like, like that, that was actually life advice. No one ever told me, like, you're going to be a great construction manager. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get out of their seventh grade, you know, you get done with the T-ball and then you know, this construction project. And, you know, like, no, man, it was always like, you're a funny kid. You should do this. And it really wasn't until, like, I just kind of had the opportunity and I started going on stage. And now I'm now San Diego. I've been at it for like four years, four years now. And uh, I'm at the comedy store in La Jolla. Uh, they're, they're actually just opening back up. So uh, to hell with COVID. I'm, I've been making content in my garage and, and being goofy and stuff like that. Um, what what is what type of therapy does getting up on stage and doing comedy uh uh give to you i guess oh it's not it, i wish this was my joke it's actually another comedian's joke but it's a they say comedy is therapy but it's the only therapy where your therapist goes boo it's <laughs> <laughs> a great joke well i mean there's there's so like like anything else i like to compare it to jujitsu jujitsu is like the perfect um, I don't know what the word is, uh, microcosm, I guess, maybe, I don't know, the perfect example of life. You can't fake jujitsu. You can train, you can be as good as you get. And once you get in the ring or once you get on the, on the mat, it's, it's do or die and, and you can't fake that. So I love it. I think, you know, I'm teaching my kids to do it and do that. same thing with comedy. You, you have to put it all on the line. You have to be truthful, uh, in a sense that, you know, your, your jokes are authentic, uh, cause people will see right through that. They'll see right through if you just made up this story from scratch, unless you're really good at it or whatever. What, what role does, I guess, truthfulness play in you being up on stage and talking with a group full of strangers? It's a hundred percent essential it's uh, every time you're on stage you are literally selling yourself it's it's like door-to-door -door sales it's it's like that it's that anxiety driving <clears throat> um you every piece of advice i always get from like bigger comics when they come to the store i want your fucking advice it all kind of comes back to two things and it's be nice and be real if you're nice people want to work with you if you every, this industry is full of fucking assholes that no one wants to work with, but being nice is actually an asset. And I'm like, holy shit, you just be nice to people. Being real is the bigger part of it. And that's if you are on stage and you are real and you're just telling a joke, telling a joke about the time you shit your fucking pants running to a shitter in Kirkuk because 
you know, you ate an Iraqi sandwich and you come to find out that the door is locked and, you know, the you ask for the master key and a guy holds up a Ziploc bag full of identical keys. And that's a funny fucking story that you can really weave and, and build build a relationship with people while you tell that story. And it's fucking real. You don't, for me, I don't have to make up details and say, oh, did I trip over a cinder block and fucking scrape my knee? No, I know that I did it. It's so being real makes it. Uh, so that you can come across as easily and relatable as possible and you never have to stutter. You never have to be this fake personality. Um, sure. And, and I mean, there's still like, and I'm not saying he's a fake personality, but like take, take Andrew Dice Clay, for example, when he was 20 years old and he comes out with his sleeveless vests and his, and his, you know, Hey, fucking, he never thought that he'd be having to wear sleeveless leather vests when he's 75 years old. <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like he never really considered that and it's like is this moldable and he's tried he, he tried to do a show called like the dice clay show or i'm sorry the andrew clay show and yeah, i remember the work. the commercial was, he was like he was like on the couch in a nice dad shirt just going no dice like hey man i'm not oh, doing that anymore oh, and it bombed man fucking yeah. nobody watched that show and so you know, he went back to doing his thing. And, you know, you think of, like, Larry the Cable Guy. He can't walk through a fucking airport without some nad jarber going, get her down! And he's like, thank yeah. you, I like money! You know, like, <laughs> like, and that's all, that's all, it's not disingenuous, but it is a character. So you, you think about stuff like that, about how... And you can't get out of it. Like, if, like, what you're saying. I, I just watched a movie with Rain Wilson, who's Dwight Schrute. Yeah, and the whole movie. I'm like, oh, check it out. Dwight, Dwight, Dwight shoots a mass murderer in this one, or he's been in a couple. He was in some TV show lately, but still, I mean, it's like, but the well, same thing. Same guys thing. break the mold. What about Robert Pattinson, that fucking little Twilight bastard? I want to see him as Batman so bad. Go you. I'm not a DC uh, guy. I'm not a DC oh, guy. I'm uh, not so much either, but I really like Batman, and I think that kid could pull it off. And he's not a kid anymore. And I don't know yeah. if you saw The Lighthouse. But that's kind of like a Daniel Day Lewis like yes. type. Yes, I, like, I, I didn't see it. I saw the previews. I'm like, I don't oh, know. him and William Defoe together just fucking so good. Just, it blew really? my mind. It's good. It's oh, fantastic. I enjoyed it. Which oh, is have to watch. You, we have to get drunk and watch the Lighthouse together. All right. What? All right. Game on. We'll do it. We'll oh, live stream. We used to do live stream movies until they um, kicked us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, there's copyrights. There's a lot of copy. <laughs> I, it's funny because I I made a, a lighthouse parody where I uh, I wrote myself into the lighthouse. It's a black and white film. Yeah. And uh, so I had that. I had this another time where I had a beard and I just made myself look like a scraggly lighthouse keeper. And there's a scene where Robert Pattinson and William Defoe are going back and forth saying what? It's like, what, 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 what? It's a very popular scene in the movie. I wrote myself into that scene. Uh, and and that is the one thing that always gets flagged. I've always tried to play it. And apparently, like, I, it, it gets taken down on Facebook. It gets taken down on YouTube. Yeah. And now like, I got to watch that. Now I got to watch the lighthouse. You absolutely must, sir. Um, I still have, all right, we'll, we'll ask this question. This always happens. I get like 7,000 questions and we get through two of them. You have uh, me all night. I have no place else to be. Okay, great. We'll be on till midnight, everyone. Uh, stay tuned. This is our first break. Does military <laughs> humor, right? So you think about the dark military humor that we can all have, uh, especially when you're in a civilian job like myself, surrounded by a bunch of non-vets. It's like someone says something and it, you know, the akin to that's what she said, but you want to just be vicious and you're like, no, I can't. Uh, it's, it's so rough. Does military humor, does this, 
does this drive civilians away, do you think, uh, to who we are? Because people think of veterans as like their stoic granddad who, I don't know, uh, was just, he didn't talk about or anything. Then our generation comes in and we're just like, blah, blah, we're talking and we're making jokes and we're kind of a very talkative group of veterans. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it either helps us as a, as a group or it makes civilians get annoyed by us and uh, turned off by our culture. Cool question. Um, I think it's, <clears throat> I think Vietnam had a lot to do with it, how people would come back, you know, guys would come back changed, yeah. you know, same right back to World War II, you know, everyone's grandpa or grandma, grandma would say, you know, oh, he's just not the same after the war, you know, like we, and, and, and people expect that. Right. And it's one thing to like hear like an old wives tale, like some kind of fairy to like, oh, Mother Goose and Grimm kind of like, holy shit, shit was bad. This generation can come home with GoPro footage. Um, this generation can stay up for 20 hours straight like it's a fucking Call of Duty game. Um, th this generation has so much more access to it that's undeniable. And it's it's so much more in your face. So it's almost that, again, we we'll go back to accountability. That level of accountability is just fucking there. And it's undeniable. Because it, 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 when you talk about dark sense of humor, this actually just happened. I was just on vacation with a group of friends, <clears throat> and um, there was something. There was some comment made at. It was funny. It was around the dinner table, and I couldn't. It, no, I didn't even think about it. Someone said something about knowing Muslims, and I was like, I don't know any, but I've shot at a few. <laughs> and I said that out loud and everyone at the table groaned, which was appropriate. That was the wrong thing to say at a, <laughs> at a group gather. I mean, it was inappropriate, even as a comedian, but I'm an asshole. Right. So I said it out loud and everyone was like, oh, no, no, not a fan, not a fan, which immediately triggered my mind working. And I'm like, my comeback was, my saving was like, I didn't say I was happy about it. Yeah. So I was like, woo, 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 or anything like that. But then it immediately got me thinking like, yo, if you're that upset just to hear one of someone you know say something like that, as striking as it is, maybe you should be considering what you ask your friends to do. Because, I mean, and that's, that's kind of like the thing where it goes to like the honor of being veterans is like we get to go through these whole things that change us and we get to see these awful shitty, shitty shits while our friends get to go to these you know, big group gatherings and say like, oh, that's not appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really, it's like, cool, well, now maybe you can take some accountability, you know, while you're sitting there arguing about who to vote for. You know, it doesn't matter who you vote for or you're just going to be angry after they're elected anyway. So it's, uh, but ask yourself, like, what are they going to have young men and women doing? What are they going to be sending, you know, I, Thankfully, you know, we're not invading the beaches of Normandy every other generation. Hopefully we've learned our lesson there, you know, because we're not living through Vietnam every other generation because we know whatever the hell got us to Vietnam. Let's not fucking do that again. So hopefully these 20 year wars, hopefully we don't do them again uh, because we've learned like, hey, man, what the fuck? What have we really gotten out of it? Except a whole bunch of really great bearded you know, beard and coffee products from sexy veterans. How, how difficult is it as a, I guess in the, in the current cancel culture, um, you know, so you're on stage and you have to know that if the wrong thing slips out, 
they're going to bury you, right? They're going to, it'll wind up on it. it, I mean, you know, it's going to happen. How, how is that to, because I think as personally, I think you should be able to make a joke about anything. I don't think anything should be off topic. I mean, it's the nature of the first amendment, say or do what you want. Um, but people are so hell bent on finding the next bad guy and blowing them up and ruining their lives. Like it's almost, uh, I don't know if I would do it nowadays, even though I'm sitting here talking on well, a you're living that's going out to the public. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, I do catch myself. Like I was just thinking where you were saying before, I was thinking of something, but I always stop and go, all right, I'm not <laughs> going to say that because I want to keep my job. But man, that's a sad place to be because we have to be able to laugh. We have to, or we become this soulless, lifeless group of, do you, do you remember the TV show uh, Community with- um, Yeah. Yeah, remember the human that was their mascot? It was just, <laughs> just like, it, it had no features. It was a featureless orb of a human body. And he was the, what was the name of their, Sunnydale or whatever the name of the community college I was. Seen it so long. Oh, uh, dude, I, I I haven't even seen the episode, but I he know. He's the human. But yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what it is. It's like, oh, okay, we don't want to offend anyone. Screw you. If you're offended and you're taking it this personally, you've got some issues you got to do. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm okay with offending people. Okay. Uh, now, uh, the, the, yeah. the thing is with cancel culture, I'll just say this. It's like, is it hurting anybody? If it's not hurting anybody, I don't care. Is it provocative? Do you disagree? I don't give a fuck. Like, it, because I mean, here I am. Like, I'm a veteran that you could say, I don't know, put, put me on any end of the spectrum that you fucking want. I don't know. You're going to do it anyway. I will say, like, I've been to war and I don't want to send young people there. Does that mean I'm not pro this or that? No. No, it doesn't. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a very competent and capable human being with a very broad perspective, and as I believe that most veterans are. And there's some things I believe in and some things I don't. And I don't mind being a bad guy because I ultimately believe like any, I'm not out to hurt anybody. And I don't think any of the language I'll ever use will actually be something that'll be like, you know, so-and-so fucking died when you said cotton-headed nitty muggins. You can't call people nitty muggins. <laughs> call people nitty muggins, dude. Like, no, I don't, I hope not. Um, but I'm also like accountable for it too. And I, and I will be accountable. And, and that's the thing. It's like, if it makes you think, I don't give a fuck. Let's talk about it. We can have more fun talking about it. I've seen people walk out of a club because they just won't hear a joke. And it's funny because like it's they were actually like the older generation, the greatest generation, the one that sacrificed for anything. And you know, it was the younger generation, the snowflakes and stuff that were like, no, 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 let them finish the joke. It actually could be pretty funny. You never can tell. Just be nice and be real, I guess. Don't yeah. be a dick. And, and, and kind of a callback to the original, you know tell the truth. And I don't know, actually, you know, I, I, I don't, I personally don't have an answer for it. It, it does frighten me. Um, and me and my wife are doing it. What it. are you doing? I mean, you just promoting a great veteran website. Exactly. And, you exactly. Know, right. Cause. This but whole thing like, about bringing people together with laughter. Yeah. And that's what we try to do. Like I, the whole point of this is to highlight stories of people that didn't end up eating a bullet. You know what I mean? Someone who uh, was successful in transitioning and getting through sometimes. And everyone has a different story, right? Whether you wrote a book or um, made a movie or became a comedian or created a veteran television, whatever it is, these are stories that are worth spreading to people. But I'm still, you know, that one thing. It's like, what if that one slip up, which could be misconstrued? 
misconstrued uh, could ruin me, could bury me. And it's like, we think about that. And my wife and I have actually talked about it. We're like, well, what, what happens? What happens if someone, because I, I have a public job outside of this. What happens if someone says, hey, I saw this and uh, Kevin was on and someone was uh, making jokes about um, shooting at Muslims. And it's like, mm. I mean, it, it could happen. I guess here's the thing. I'm a, I'm, I swore to defend the Constitution uh, with my life. And I will do that, I guess, with my life. And the hill no, that I, I guess, will... I guess with my life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the hill that I will die on, that I will absolutely die on... I love that term. ...is the First Amendment. Um, if you want to yeah. fire me because I'm saying... I, I mean, everyone who knows me knows that I have a good heart. I don't hate anybody. Right. Um, if, if, <laughs> if, if that isn't enough for you and you think because I had someone on and we, we talked about something we talked about a joke or a form of humor then I, I don't know i mean all right then fire me get rid of me cancel me i'm not going i don't anywhere. think that's even possible and i'll stand next to you too because here's the fucking thing about veterans comedians comedy and dark humor and just fucking general here's the thing about people that raise their hand and yada 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 it's it's that their dark humor is so dark because they will go to these places and consider it you know they will sit there on a fire watch and go well, what if the baby died? <laughs> One of my favorite fucking jokes when I was in Iraq is that goddamn fucking Toby Keith American soldier fucking song was playing. And the joke was every time you hear that song, a motherfucker is plowing your wife. Like heels in the air, plowing like that American tractor. Right, dude, and that was like just dark. And every time, I mean, every time I would look right at this dude, his oh, fucking Lewis look right in his face, be like plowing <laughs> white now. But see, it's it's making me laugh. I'm sure people are watching this and making or laughing. It made Lewis laugh about. eventually. It's all about, and it's savage. And and it, and you can take that anywhere. It's people who have to deal with the roughest of fucking shit um and 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 right now i'll bet you you can even pull it out to uh you know you started out the broadcast saying like what you only got one diagnosis today when it, when it was like 30 last week or something yeah, yeah yeah two weeks ago i'll bet you were laughing at some pretty dark shit to get through the day and i also know you know some people in my life have been living that er lifestyle where you're just seeing awful shit and if you go this long quarantine lockdown pandemic if you have a job in in that kind of industry or even if you're just staying at home you know i'll bet you if you're staying at home teaching your fucking kids and you're a veteran oh you've thought some dark shit oh yeah oh man you know yeah. like one of my buddy i'll leave you with this this is like one of those dark jokes and i'd like to believe that a veteran wrote this but a veteran uh, he's a comedian and he said he liked to do crowd work uh, and he would ask people how long they've been married. How long have you been married? How long have you been married? And uh, whatever the answer is, is oh, 40 years? 40 years you've been married? 40 years? Let me ask you something, sir. You know, if you killed that bitch on your wedding night, you'd have been a free man fucking 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. And then you just hear the crowd like, oh, because and then you see the man just like, Thank you. <laughs> I've been free like 20 <laughs> he never yeah. did the math and that's such a savage joke and i'd like to believe that some veteran wrote that if not just a it's a really happily married man yeah i work i work in the county so i have a lot of patients who are like ds or not dss uh, child support not child what are the ones they go in where, where kids are hurt and stuff and and the, 
these the guys ones are like no adults of care apparently there's a name child services child protective <laughs> services and they're like those are some savage people like i've had i've spoken with them and they're like they're like you have to have the dark or, or i oh, yeah. myself i mean and, and i agree with that and i think it's just it's human nature it's human nature to laugh at things uh that uh, would yeah. make other people go into a dark corner and cower because oh. you know and maybe these are the things that do do that um do the intrusive do thoughts do. the the, the so mm -hmm. like if, if you ever if most i think most uh combat veterans have the intrusive thought issue where like you're hanging out with your kids and then you're like Oh, what if one was just to suddenly have his arm chopped off? And then you're thinking Ugh. in your head, all right, well, I would do. And, and like your brain decides that, hey, I'm going to give you throughout the day. I don't care where you're at. Oh, you're, oh, this is great. You're at a splash pad with your six-year-old. Check this out. What if a car plows through there? What are you going to do? And it's like constantly your brain's like, oh, fuck, are you doing this to me again? Yep. All let's, right, let's right do now. this. Let's do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you but, never forget your first quinceanera, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's, that's what you go you know, you, you can absorb all that and just, I mean, you, you're going to, you're, it's mentally, it's not good for you or you laugh at it and you come up with ways to laugh about it because I don't know. I mean, those are your two choices. It's going to eat you up or you learn how to get rid of intrusive thoughts, which I don't know how the hell to do that. I have no idea. If you guys know how to get rid of random intrusive thoughts of horror, uh, not even my, 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 uh, oh, therapist, my therapist is like, oh, you do this, this, and yeah, yeah, none of that shit works. It's just, think of something my buddy used to have intrusive. This yeah, I guess that could be it. My buddy used to have this good idea about uh, uh, dropping acid. He said, if you ever have a bad acid trip, you should just start thinking about pornography. And I was like, all right, yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense, you know? And he, he justified it with, you know, it's kind of hard for your mind to go to a dark, awful, weird place when, when you're aroused. Yeah, I guess like that, that makes sense. You know, whatever, except, whatever is sexy to you. Except if you're at the beach when this happens, now you're walking around with a boner. Uh, which wouldn't be you can just hide it under your trench coat, dude. <laughs> at the beach. Don't worry about the beach. They're like, you, 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 you try to do the waistband tuck, and everyone's like, why are you? Why do you have a mushroom in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> is that a backpack sling? What is, that? Dick. Just, what, is uh, what is going on? Is that a cell phone clip? What's that? <laughs> That's my penis. Uh, <laughs> saw some bad shit in Iraq, and now it's my penis. Oh, All dude, right, man. I will ask you this because I know you're a movie buff. Uh, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, oh, god damn it, Slackers! I think it's it's about people cheat these kids cheating their way through college, and one of them was on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, in the first opening scene of that movie, they fake uh, a hitting a, a FedEx truck hitting a student on a bike, and the FedEx driver hops out, and he when he realizes he's being joshed, he just yells at the kids. He goes, "I was in Iraq, Mister," <laughs> and I saw that in high school, and I was like, <laughs> and then I realized like my first tour in Iraq, I'm like, "Oh, bro, fuck!" <laughs> now I get Damn it. it. I'm gonna be that fucking dude, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's happened at least 400 fucking times since I've been out. <laughs> so we're all doomed to this awesome life of being vets. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't give it up at all. Not even, I mean, with all the, the stuff I went through, I, I, was, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, you know, like, would, would I go back and not have to deal with, you know, PTS or TBI or any of the stuff that I went through? No, because it makes me. STD. I, I as well, I that actually didn't happen, but I, okay. I, am I was like, I'm sitting I there am, thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, if I could go back, I'd 
could change a thing or two. I I'm one of these people, right? <laughs> I honestly I honestly think that that veterans are better people. And I know that's not a popular opinion. People are like, well, veterans can be assholes. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm an asshole. Oh yeah, but. Timothy McVeigh was a veteran. He was a total asshole. I would say that's an asshole move, dude, blowing people up. But um, in general, in general, I happen to enjoy veterans. I think they're better people. Uh, and yeah. and that's it. That's where I stay. Um, yeah, we got to wrap this up. So I guess cool. where, where can people find you? Alarm Red Media. Alarm Red Media is uh, the company. If you want to come to San Diego and hang out, uh, I'm at the Comedy Store pretty much every weekend now. The famous, open, the uh, infamous Comedy Well, store. the La Jolla Comedy Store. The Hollywood Comedy Store is doing their, I don't, I don't know. That's a little okay. farther away. Um, but yeah, see me in San Diego. Check out Alarm awesome. Red. Find hey, me that, at Ripley Bryant on Instagram. That show that you uh, put together there called, I think it's The Boys? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, dude. I, I was just flipping through doing my little research and i'm like hey this is it was written well i like that whole kind of the uh, web series are great right because we're going to be reworking like, that we're going nice. to be reshooting that that was kind of just a concept project and and we uh worked out some grooves those guys are actually moved on doing other things and it was just it was such a fun project to do uh, now i have enough people um we actually have another a project coming out that it i can't talk about it but it, too much but if you like dungeons and dragons mm -hmm. uh in comedy we're going to try to bring you something that hopefully uh, hasn't really been seen too much before. I don't know where, how it fits into the veteran community, but back to where you can see me, you can definitely see me at Silky's Hikes, going to the one in Hawaii, nice. uh, hopefully the one in Palm Springs. That might be my wife and my anniversary, so I might get divorced that weekend. Who knows? Nice. Um, and then, yeah, man, anytime I can get out, uh, LA is going to be one, and I, I have to, I have to get out and, and we have to touch mustaches dude we have absolutely. to like absolutely remember i'm immune now i'm immune to any of these weird diseases hey let's let's do a quick shout out to the riplonians um people All of like, what the hell does that mean riplonians explain it to me i didn't i still don't know what it means oh dude oh my god well hey ben rodriguez silkies uh the riplonians they're just like they're the awesomest fans that any comedian could ever ask for uh like dude this is a great story the the hawaii hike that we're going to it's going to be like a Replonian retreat. We've got a, about a dozen people going there. One of our boys, uh, Buttinger, he's a firefighter in New Jersey. That poor bastard's buried under fucking snow right now. Whoops. He, he's been hard up because COVID fucked everything up in his community. So he's just been hanging out and uh, he's had hard times. And we're trying to get him out there. So if you go to alarmredmedia.com, go to our merchandise site. There's a tank top that you can get uh, for Buttinger. It's called the Buttinger tank top. Nice. And all that money is going to, we're going to get him a plane ticket to come out to Hawaii because we've got like 20 Replonians. Yeah. We're all staying there for hopefully around a week. We're going to be centered around the IW hike. Uh, cause we're going to be doing that. I've got a boy that I went to Iraq with that I'm going to connect with out there. And then we're all just, uh, you know, we, the Replonians all hung out a couple times. I took Brady. Shout out to Brady's active duty Navy. He went to his first hike in LA with me. Um, and he had, he made a ton of friends that made it, had a blast. Vegas, uh, Gustavo, like he picked up a whole bunch of people. Uh, Rob came down from Sacramento, who, who, Gust from Texas. Gustavo, we all Vegas. Gustavo was the winner of the smartest uh, branch. Gustavo the was the smartest That's fucking right. Marine, which nice. I never knew was those words would go in a row. The I know. I mean, he blew us away. He destroyed Ooh. everybody. And the Navy, what was up with that? What's that dude's name? That's Wagner. Wagner. Uh, oh, no, no, no. The Navy was, uh, who the fuck was it? Was that? No, no. 
I would have with to Wagner there. Oh, forgive me if he was. He'll let me know if, if, if he was gonna be there. Um, oh, but the the Raponians travel to to hang out, and we all play games and and and, and meet and and this now. Is, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Veterans, the modern veterans, it just the way that we keep each other together, the way that we stay connected. We don't let each other go to those dark places. And if they do go to the dark places, we're there for them. Um, and there's no, I mean, like no other time in history have you been able to reach just about anybody at any yeah. time, anywhere. Um, so yeah, uh, that's something that I always like to end the show off with is, uh, you know, reach out. You never know. Uh, oh, Jackson was the Navy. That's right. Jackson That's right. was the Navy. Damn it. I'm sorry, Jackson. Well, no, in fact, Jackson's uh, IQ is 72. There's there's Jackie. Jackie flew Jackie flew out from Texas to go to the Vegas one. She's going to uh, she's going to Hawaii. Nice. There's, people are coming in. Thank you so much for having me, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for being on, man. Yeah, you guys that's are fun. amazing. I love we'll have I you think. on again. We'll have you on again. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll work out some like. Uh, alarm red 21 gun cross promotional thing or something. It'll be we can do fun. some stuff, man. Let's yeah. get weird. Let's go far. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for uh, having me, boys. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Wow. We went long tonight, but that's okay. That means we had a good, which, which camera, which camera am I? There we go. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we kind of talked about it right there at the end. Call, text, write, what else do we come up with? Smoke screen, bang pans together in the backyard if you have to use that. Uh, Morse code. What did the the POWs, they did Morse code on the, on the yeah. walls and stuff like that. But get in touch with your fellow veterans, people you served with. Uh, let them know that you care and you're there. Uh, get involved. Go to Silky Sykes. Grab, grab your uncle, um, Jim Bob, who is a Vietnam veteran, doesn't get out much, and bring him to a Silky Sykes. These are the things that we got to do uh, to, to help each other out with our mental health and... Um, I don't know. It's all, it's all I got. What do you got? Other than that, you know, just irreverentwarriors.com, look for your hikes, look to your social media pages, and the store is back up. So if you need nice. new silky gear, etc., Sierra 22 coffee, we have everything on the site. So go take a look. Nice. Uh, we're going to have Patrick, I believe, from 22 Sierra Coffee. Come on uh, oh, real soon. Time. So it'll be fun. That? Yeah, I think it's next. No. No, next week is next. Dan Fahey again. It's the week after. It's the week after is, is Patrick. And we got a lot of, actually, I got a lot of good good shows coming up. Um, Donut Operator and Batty, if you guys are familiar with these guys, uh, they keep saying that they're going to be on, but we're having one of these weird. I like that. I like that, Gustavo. Uh, hashtag the selling. But all right, guys, take care. Call, text, do whatever. Send me an email. Kevin at 21gun, spelled out, 21gun.net. And we will see you next week. Set the place on fire.